Life Audio. Hey there, friend. Heather Creekmore here. You're listening to the Compare to Who podcast. And today's show is really special because we did it as a live podcast. Yes, I asked all of you on my email list if anyone would want to come and be a part of a live podcast recording with my friend, eating disorder specialist, dietitian. I mean, uh, Amy, I can't even like capture Amy in those words alone. But Amy Carlson, she's a friend of the show. She's been on the show a number of times. And I asked her if she would participate. And so today, Amy and I have a great conversation. And then we had about a 30-minute Q&A session, which will air in the next show that will come out this Friday. Friends, a part of our discussion today was inspired by my brand new book, The 40-Day Body Image Workbook, Help for Christian Women Who've Tried Everything. Hey, we're getting towards the end of January. Did you have a goal you set January 1? How's it going? Hey, I hope your goal was to read my 40-day body image workbook. And if it was, I think today's conversation will fit nicely with some of the content you're reading there. If you haven't grabbed it yet, hey, go grab your copy of the workbook. There is still a facilitator's guide on my website. So if you want to grab some friends, maybe even a small group at your church, bring some women together. You can't meet 40 times. I know that. So I have it all set up so you can meet 10 times and go through the content together in a way that makes sense. I even give you hints as to how to facilitate it well. So grab that facilitator's guide at improvebodyimage.com and go to the page for this new 40-day body image workbook. Scroll down and you'll find the link to the facilitator's guide there. Hey, I'm also looking for my next coaching group. Should you be part of it? Maybe. Maybe if you want to be free this year, hey, there is nothing better in my opinion that you could do. So check that out. I'm offering a start for 40 bonus, but that deal ends really quickly. <laughs> so shoot me an email, heather at compared to who.me if you want to get in on our next coaching group. And hey, if you love this concept of a live podcast and you're like, why didn't I learn about that? You need to be on my email list. Go to improvebodyimage.com, sign up for the five-day body image challenge. You can be part of the list so you can learn about special opportunities like this. I'm going to do this live podcast thing again. I thought it was really fun. So get on the list if you want to be part of one. You can ask your questions to my guest and to me and just learn a lot and have fun. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compared to Who show. I'm Heather Creekmore and I am so excited to be hosting for the first time ever a live podcast with my good friend, Amy Carlson. 
you may have heard Amy on the show before. Amy is a dietitian. She's an eating disorder expert, and she is just a fabulous human being who loves the Lord <laughs> and knows her Bible. And, um, and she's really fun too. So I am excited you are here for it. And I'm also excited that we've got a, a virtual studio audience. Yeah, I guess that's I think what you that's call what it, it a virtual studio audience of some lovely women who have agreed to be part of our conversation today and bring their questions and really just, you know, be a part of responding live to the that's conversations fun. that we have. So Amy, our topic for today is January. January. Right? Like in January, okay, everything, I mean, the number of diet commercials, I don't even watch that much television, but in the little bit of TV that I watch, I have a feeling it's 50% of the ads are about weight loss and, you know, meeting your new year's goal this year, that sort of thing. And then to make it trickier, we've got messages from the church that seem to be telling us the same thing right? Like January, a lot of churches do a church-wide fast, um, or maybe even encourage like a specific program, like the Daniel fast written by Rick Warren a number of years ago. Uh, there's some messages from church that are even confusing these issues a bit. And where I would love to start today, I mean, this is, this is territory that you and I have covered before (laughs) in in other podcast episodes. we need to hear it again and again to really believe it, especially because these other messages are telling us the same things over and over again, and it's confusing. So let me start with this question. Amy, am I more righteous if I'm following a diet plan? She didn't think I was going to say it like that, did you? (laughs) She's strong. Oh, she's like coming and swinging. Uh, No. Yeah, let's just start. <clears throat> yeah, that actually, when I have January clients, when I get to see my my beautiful, precious clients in January, um, I don't think a lot of them would ask me that question, but they're asking it in a lot of different ways. They're asking it in a lot of different ways. What they're feeling is a whole lot of shame. And it's coming in kind of a back door way that isn't quite as obvious as your question, which I appreciate you asked it that obvious because we can just cut to the chase, but they're feeling shame because everyone around them is taking care of their health and honoring God and doing that. And so I'm going to use that language, right? Just to, to, to see how kind of it can get veiled nothing wrong with taking care of our health. There's nothing wrong with honoring God. Those are, those are Lord, thank you for those things. We want to do those things. But in context of what we're talking about here today and the diet culture, uh, there is, you know, I'm for good or for bad, not on social media for good for me, I guess (laughs) for my brain space, but I sit with clients who are showing me over and over, right? Or I'll, I, I do get on Pinterest. I'm looking for travel stuff and recipes, right? And I am, first of all, I didn't know how many problems I had until I'm on Pinterest. I'm like, I didn't know that part of me needed fixing. I didn't know. I didn't even know I had that part. I didn't know I had that part until I got on Pinterest. 
And so the feeling that we are doing it wrong, and then you put that in context with the church or church culture or my faith or my relationship with God, it could translate into exactly what you said. I'm maybe not as righteous. I don't think we think of it in terms of that language. I don't think that that's necessarily what we're journaling. I don't feel as righteous, but I think we feel a whole lot of shame. I think we feel a whole lot of shame. And then we feel this extra layer of shame. If I'm if I'm wanting to get well and I'm walking away from my years of dieting or diet culture or recovering from an eating disorder, but I don't feel great in my body, either physically, like I have aches and pains, or I'm wanting to, um, you know, feel better in my, with my aches and pains or my body, or I just don't feel good. So I, I feel good because I'm leaving the diet culture, but I don't feel great because I don't, I don't love my body. And we have this whole sort of tension that we carry, which is I must be doing it wrong. I must be doing this wrong. Cause if I was doing it right, I would have feel great and love God and love people and love myself. And so I think we get, we get stuck there. And January sort of puts the magnifying glass on that, puts a big old magnifying glass and makes us feel those feelings times 10. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way you just said that because so I was doing, I did an interview this morning and one of the places that we kind of went, it was like a 45 minute segment. So, you know, it's morning radio drive time. So a song plays and we're chatting a little bit and then we come back. But one of the conversations we had while the music was playing was, was this concept where the, the DJ is just like, I, I just don't know how I could be free with food, right? If, like, if I was free with food, then like, you know, I would just eat pizza all day, every day. And kind of deeper than that was this, you know, but I struggle, right? Like I really, I, I just, I want to do this right. I want to do this well. And kind of the place we came to was was like, you know, it really is only diet culture that makes us this promise of a struggle-free life, right? It's really diet culture that says, you're a before, guess what? I'll make you an after. And then your problems will all go away. Yeah. And so I think that that is part of the tension, right? Like we don't, we don't want to feel messy, or uncomfortable. We want to feel good, but then we lob on that whole practical, like, well, you will feel better if you're X, Y, Z for your health, right? Like how do you, how do you help clients like navigate that whole, like feel better versus feel better? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I have a sweet client that we, um, use this language. I have used it with several, but we've talked about, um, that the diet culture has hijacked health, right? It's, it's, it's hijacked the idea of health. So if I'm, if I'm dieting, then I'm pursuing my health and anything related to that, anything related to, um, you know, if, and, and I'll just give you a really simple, <laughs> I want to give you a, a simple couple uh, funny examples. And my sister-in-law would giggle um, if she was on here. She would like to be, she would like to be on here, but she wouldn't know how to do the tech piece. So she, <laughs> she'd be like, wait, wait, what are we doing? But when we, our kids were younger, she used to say, we'd take our kids to the park and she'd say, do you want me to get you Sonic? Or are you trying to be good? Right. Do you want me to get you a Sonic or you're trying to be good? And I would, I would say, sister, 
Uh, do I want a sonic? Let me see. Mm, no, but that doesn't mean I'm good or I'm trying to be good, right? I either some days I do want a sonic, some days I don't want a sonic. Or if I'm eating an apple for a snack, I can't tell you how many times somebody would say to me, oh, that's a great dietitian snack or right. Rather than it just being an apple, I, I, I'm eating an apple with peanut butter. So the, 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 the tension also is, and, and that was the struggle that you're talking about that that DJ had, which is to say, well, if I, if I'm not following a plan, if I'm not following somebody telling me what to do, I will, centrifugal force takes me over here to do this other thing that, that everyone automatically does. Well, ironically, our bodies are actually pretty amazing the way they're made. You know, studies show with, with kids who are given sort of free range food and given a variety of food and all these different foods, and they're given, you know, permission to eat, they gravitate, gravitate towards a wide variety of food and stop when they're full. So our bodies actually don't, but when we mount it into this right, good, bad, and before, after, and, and so even in the questions or the, the dialogue with that DJ this morning, what she's saying is I need the diet culture to help me be healthy. And that's just a lie. That's, that's a lie. And, and what we have done, it's a lie from a billion dollar industry. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident, that was not your fault. Listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. It's a lie from a billion-dollar industry, um, but it's also a lie that's going on kind of in our Christian subculture, for sure. I know I've talked about it on here before. I get a little, little pepped up. And that's why I'm glad to see faces today. I just kind of see some of this, kind of see some thumbs up on this, right? The diet culture kind of, right? And then the church gets a little like in there and they're doing their thing. And, and they're like, hey, if we, if you want to steward your body, well, we're going to do this. If you want to steward the temple and you're going to honor the Lord. And it's like, whoa, I feel like mounting shame. What am I doing? Right. So now if I say yes to the sonic, I guess I'm not honoring the Lord with my body. It's like, wow, wait, oh, I'm dizzy. Now I'm dizzy. Is anybody dizzy? I'm dizzy, right? You're I can, a dizzy yeah. emoji. Everyone uh-huh, can throw out that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> dizzy. Yeah. So when the diet culture and the Christian diet culture hijack the idea of health, then anything related to that is is diet culture. So if I'm not doing a diet, then I'll eat pizza until it's coming out my eyeballs is what, right. The DJ maybe said, so she didn't say that, but I just added that as a <laughs> sort of as a visual, as, she said, as a visual, <laughs> mm-hmm. as well you picture pizza coming out your eyeballs, pizza, cheese, pizza coming out your eyeballs. Well, let, let's just, let's just pull the audience we have here. Okay. I mean, so how many of you on this call today have felt 
messages from church or from, you know, from your church community or even like church culture at large, how many of you have felt messages that seem to tell you you were holier or more righteous or I don't, what other words would you add to that, Amy? Um, Stewarding well, what God's given you, right? Have these been messages you've heard in the church? Yeah, we're getting some, we're getting some yeses. We're getting quite a few yeses. Yes. Mm -hmm. And my, your places are all switching for some reason. I know that was fascinating. I I was like, where did Heather go? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's happening there. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, this is familiar Mm -hmm. territory Mm -hmm. for most of us. Amy, why? Like, like, let's go to the self-control question, which you and I did two episodes on that, but it's probably, it's probably been at least a year, maybe two years since we've had that conversation. So I know I've got a lot of new listeners like self-control it, as I grew up in church meant only eating two cookies instead of three, <laughs> or, you know, saying no to dessert when it wasn't a weekend or or what whatever i mean there was all kinds of crazy rules around that but that's not really what biblical self control is is it amy no it's interesting actually though i think when i was young if we heard the language of self control in the church i there was a lot of things it was talking about right self control in how we manage ourselves and our relationships and um, how we spend our time, how we use our words, self-control there were, but now when, if you said self-control, right. If you said self-control, everyone would relate it to food and most people would relate it to food. Yeah. And so you and I have had this conversation in terms of, um, you know, just, just how funkity dunkity dunk it got when like in the seventies, eighties, nineties, in terms of church, there was a lot of crazy, crazy language um, as it related to, um, you know, just honoring God with your body, but this is how you did it. And it would be like 600 calories a day or 800 calories a day. And, and then, and I, I've shared on here and my sweet mama, who's 87 and would want her testimony to bring glory to God and to, to, um, help other women, her, her sweet little, you know, diaries would say, Lord, I just confess my lack of self-control. And it would be because she had crackers with her tuna, you know, my lack of self-control. And I, I mean, I remember reading these when we were going through stuff as we were cleaning our phone, I just crying and thinking my mom, the weight and shame that my mom felt around the fact that she was so hungry that she added some crackers to her tuna right? Which is, let's just say tuna. Okay. I mean, it can't, I don't know. <laughs> Anyone? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly you got a like, sad face for tuna. I know. I know. Sad <laughs> face for tuna, but sad face for my mom, right? Sad face for my mom to think her confession to the Lord. And the thing is my mom's little Bible was worn out, but the met, yeah. like she had read that thing and read that thing and it was highlighted and underlined and pencil marked in the and my mom loves Jesus, loved the Lord and the message she got. And most, all that little clunkety clunk of books was written by men that were, one was like a army doctor. One was like a, I mean, these were, it was a psychologist, think yourself thin, you know, 
spread yourself thin. And again, the message is, holy cow, if you're not thin, you're not honoring God. And so self-control means I have to control the flesh, which again, this is a whole doctrine language that gets all messy mess in order to honor God. And that means whatever diet culture rules people are purporting at that time. So here's, here's how crazy that is. If I'm to honor God in the eighties, it would have been, I'm not going to eat any fat. Right. Oh, but now that would be like, no, of course you can have, get you an avocado. Right. But if I'm not to honor God right now, I'm not going to have just mouth at everybody carbs, right? <laughs> Carbohydrates. If I'm to honor God, that's crazy. What that says is the church, but also the, the diet culture is using, right? Moving targets to some, but the church is using the diet culture, a billion dollar industry to, right? To ping and go, oh, that is what we, what we consider honoring God. What? That's so crazy, you guys. That's so crazy. No, no, right? We just got to say, let's just shake our heads. Mm -mm, mm -mm, No no way, no No. way. We got to, and the thing is, if we, this is, this is all the time. This is, this is the, this is the conversations I'm having here on this couch and in this office uh, all the time, all uh, church leaders, um, church, you know, worship leaders, pastor, you know, this precious worship pastor and his wife came and they just wanted to get healthy. And then I said, Oh, oh, darling, you, you've had an eating disorder, right? You've, you've had this eating disorder for you. No, no, we, we went away on retreat. And one of the things we came to is we need to honor God with our health. And what they were saying was we need to get thinner. Right. So we, they were so amazing and so receptive to what the, like the truth of how, if the gospel's not good news, guys, it's not the gospel. And it is for all of us and every part of us. And Lord, teach us. We want to know. And so they were like, whoa, whoa. We, so they were like, so you're not going to give us a meal plan? <laughs> At the end of the first session, there's like, just to be clear, is that okay? We just want to make sure. <laughs> I was like, no, I, no, mm-mm, mm-mm, I'm not going to. <laughs> well, and Presley, Presley used in, in the chat that we're monitoring for questions here. Presley used this language that I've heard in church too, that we have to discipline our flesh into submission. And you and I, we also did episodes that might've just been last year on the flesh at, will you just speak briefly to to that concept? Yeah. So what's so interesting is, um, if we're talking about disciplining the flesh, which there is a lot in scripture to talk about, um, sanctification and our, sin is sin, right? Sin is sin. And we got to take sin seriously. We live in a culture that doesn't take sin seriously. And when we use God's name in vain in order to promote dieting, well, that's, we got to take that seriously. We got to crucify the flesh, (laughs) right? When we use God's name in vain and, and say, that's a, that's, 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 oh Lord, please hold, we got to hold each other accountable if we're talking about, you know, crucifying the flesh and, um, then we've got to talk about where we're spending our time with our eyes. What are we, what are our eyes viewing? What are our ears hearing? What are are we reading? Where is the right object of our desire? Is it the Lord is the, is the Lord, the object of our desire. Then if we're talking about crucifying the flesh, 
we're using that language to say, I would like to be a size six in my pants. And so if I crucify the flesh, then the Lord is going to bless this effort because I'm, I'm doing something biblical and spiritual. And now I'm honoring God by being in the smaller size. Wow. I've just gone on a labyrinth and I don't even know how to get out now. Right. I'm like, <laughs> where did I go? And the, the, the thing is guys, we're, we're cheering each other on in this. We're, we're as Christians, we're, we're, we're like, and I have this, okay. I'm going to just, I'm going to try not to get like, you know, I get revved up. <laughs> Any hearts? Can I, guys, see some bring hearts? It. Just, bring it, Amy, bring just, it. We like the rev. <laughs> we're good with the up. rev. <laughs> you got just, lots of hearts for okay, the rev. And okay. An applause. <laughs> okay, good. I, I had a client this week who again said, I, spent 20 years who she didn't know she was had anorexia until we met. And, um, she said, I got 20 years, 20 years of applause from the church for being sick, 20 years of admiration, 20 years in the church of saying, you look great. Wow. How do you do it? How do you do it with that many kids? And how, wow, you're so thin. And, and she's freer than she has ever been. And she is not the same size. Thank you, Lord. She's she, her body's recovering and her body's healing. And she is free of the obsessive thoughts about food and body. She enjoys all foods. She takes care of her health. She's, she's present with her children. Her children are growing in their understanding of just normal eating because they're now with a mom who's eating and she is getting nothing like zoop, like People who used to talk to her aren't talking to her. She's and she said, I don't know anyone in the church. Like nobody's here who who know who understands this because the only language is, well, she the messaging feels like she must have let herself go. She's not, she mm, I wonder how her relationship with the Lord is, right? And nobody, not one person. I mean, I've asked this question several different ways because I thought this can't be true. I've seen pictures of what she looked like. Not one person in the church said, hey, are you okay? <laughs> you know, you've had four babies. <laughs> you're, you're, you, you are a mom. You're, you, hey, let's, and I never see you eat with us. Nobody said, are you okay? You know what? They were jealous, jealous of how thin she was, jealous. Hey guys, we got to look at each other and go, hey, tell me more. Tell me more of yours. Tell me how you are. We're not paying attention. Oh, I'm going to cry. We're not, we're not, we're not loving each other. Well, you want to talk about crucifying the flesh, right? Let it be our desire to look a certain way so that the world raises us instead of Jesus Christ. Right. That's the flesh we got to crucify. Right. Right. Let me just, am, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, you go. <laughs> I was just going to, I was going to repeat that for anyone who didn't hear it, but crucifying the flesh is really crucifying that desire for the applause and the glory that belongs to the Lord alone. And you know what? That's a whole lot harder than it is to go on a diet and lose 10 pounds. Right. I mean, which is a repeated cycle, right? Anyway. Right. Cause gain it back and then lose it again. And so yeah. the enemy is the enemy is the enemy mm-hmm. because he keeps us distracted from the good things, yeah. the kingdom things. And here's the thing. This is why I don't, retire. (laughs) I want to hang up a shingle, but here's one of the reasons that I don't. Because if believers get this, 
We push back the darkness in a space that is invaded with darkness. We push back the darkness and we walk in the light. And guys, we have an opportunity Mm -hmm. to do this because we have a voice. All you have to do is be another woman, (laughs) right? And and men, I mean, but we get to say to each other, hey, you know what? I'm going to share with you my experience. Or if somebody says, wow, something's different about you. I want to tell you what's different. I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live in body, I now live by faith, right? It's like, oh Lord, yes. And guys, this is this is in bodies that that come and go. I've got different pants sizes in my closet. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, wait, what you, whoa? <laughs> you know, I don't, ooh, okay, right? I have a weird knee, right? It's like, oh gosh, that knee is a bum knee. What's going on with that knee? Why am I limping when I stand up, you know? I, it's like, oh, are we getting our period? Are we not getting our period? Are we, is this menopause? I don't, is it? <laughs> I can't, I mean, I've never seen so many periods. <laughs> I've never seen so many perimenopause commercials. And I'm just like, man, all you had to do was search one question, guys. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right? I mean, Lord, we can invade this space with the truth of the gospel. Amen. It's good news. It's good news. Amen. And sin is sin. And, and, and I confess at first, let me be the first to confess because the world is constantly telling us what to look like constantly when you're 20, when you're 25, when you're 30, when you're 35, when you're 11, the sweet baby girl who is, oh my goodness, she was in here yesterday. She's now 16. She was 11 when she first started with her eating disorder because she got a phone and she started on looked up Pinterest and she said, I didn't know anything was wrong with my body to like was looking up a cookie recipe on Pinterest. And then there was the dancing banana. Remember the dancing banana that used to be everywhere telling you not to eat bananas. It was like, is there a banana on my screen? Right. And she said, I didn't know. And went into a full blown eating disorder. She is walking in so much freedom. It, 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 the world is telling us how to look and how to be and how to act. And we've got to be in the word to know how to look and how to be and how to act. Amen. Goodness, we don't all look the same. That would be yeah. weird. What if we were all on the screen looking the same? That'd be so weird. <laughs> Absolutely, it would be weird. But be hard to tell each other apart. It'd be hard to tell <laughs> right? each other apart. But, you know, I, it, it makes me think. You're going to say this very gently. I hope gently might not be my my spiritual gift. I'm working <laughs> on growing in that. But you know, I always get the pushback on gluttony, and I've done episodes on that. You and I have talked about that. But I rarely get pushback on envy. Right. But if you look at the sins mm. on the New Testament lists, right, envy is there. Gluttony is not on those lists. Right. And so, like, to kind of loop back to what you're saying about like our role in the church, like, we got to stop assuming things yeah. <laughs> about women who wear the size we wish, quote unquote, wish we wore. Oh, hey, friend, if you think this conversation is good, it's only just begun. (laughs) But unfortunately, the Q&A part of our live podcast was so long, I couldn't attach it to this episode. So wait until Friday, and you can hear all the questions and Amy's answers that came from our live audience. Some were very specific about digestive issues after eating disorders and how to cope with those kind of things. And then others were more general, but I think you'll get a lot out of the Q&A session. So come back Friday and you'll hear the Q&A portion of our live podcast. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living 
Compared to Show is part of the Life Audio Network of Christian Podcasts. For great Christian content, go to lifeaudio.com. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, Here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.